This is the Why the Last Man podcast on TV Podcast Industries. We're talking about Why the Last Man, episode one, the day before. Mom and Dad still pay your rent, right? Uh, no. Yeah, sometimes if I'm like low on cash. You don't know what you want to do with your life. I'm an escape artist. Jesus, Yorick. Beth loves you for some reason, but this ends badly, I promise you. Oh, no, 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 I'm not looking for your blessing. You can't afford cheese, but you want to marry your girlfriend. Yeah. You're keeping a monkey prisoner in a studio. He's a service animal. You need to get your shit together. Okay, you're going to talk to me about getting my shit together. Okay. Uh Yeah, is that what that meeting is in there? Oh, what, it's the uh, Association of Responsible Adults? Yep, that's what it is. Uh Uh-huh, yeah, you got a DUI in Manhattan. Do you know how hard that is to do? Actually, you know what? In some ways, that's an accomplishment. All right. Fine. Mm -hmm. Don't listen to me. Embarrass yourself. Welcome, fellow survivors, to our first episode of the Why the Last Man podcast on TV Podcast Industries. We're talking about the first episode of Why the Last Man the day before. I'm one of your hosts, Derek. Hello there, fellow survivors. I am one of your other hosts, John. And some of you been, might be asking, why? Where is Chris? <laughs> I am here. <laughs> That's not bad one. Come on. I like that one. Just on the nose. That was pretty good. I'm going to have a lot of why yeah. jokes. Why is just, Chris? Why? <laughs> <laughs> not even what or where. It's why. Why? Why do we have him on this podcast? No, we never asked that. No, we never asked <laughs> we that. Some of our listeners might. <laughs> <laughs> we are delighted to have you here with us for the Why the Last Man coverage, another brand new show that we're covering uh, this year on TV Podcast Industries. Uh, if you're joining us for just the Why the Last Man podcast, make sure you subscribe to us over at tvpodcastindustries.com where you'll get our 630 episodes, no, 610 episodes of the podcast so far, covering tons and tons of shows. Uh, you can find that just by searching TV Podcast Industries on any good or evil podcast podcast player uh, you can also send us any feedback that you have on any of the shows that we're covering by emailing us to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com yes so welcome to our new survivors our fellow survivors uh, and of course anyone who is returning from our other shows to listen mm-hmm. into our discussions all about why the last man it's great to have you back uh, as well yes great to have you with us uh, three episodes of why the last man released on september 13th in the u.s on hulu uh, also released on the 22nd of september uh, on star on disney plus i can never get that right star on disney plus because it's a, a weird kind of co- a collection of shows that are adult skewed on the disney plus service yeah. in europe isn't that right <laughs> it, that it's that the additional ones they buy and all the fox yeah. um collection that they they, they bought or disney owned um because the, the big mouse owns the old fox and everything else yeah the big mouse <laughs> owns quite a lot actually i'm really happy to say that because we wouldn't be getting why the last man otherwise so let's jump exactly into, yeah let's jump into the discussion about why the last man um this is a show that's based on one of our favorite comic books based on why the last man um created by brian k vaughn and pia guerrera uh, ran for 60 issues and is a complete story telling the story end to end of this massive event and what happens to the world afterwards so um we we are jumping onto the show really because we're all fans of the comic right Definitely. Correct. But 
Don't worry, don't let that you put you off. If you are new to TV podcast industries and new to listening to us, we don't spoil. We, uh, if something has a direct relevance to the comic books, we will not talk about that relevance until it has happened in the show. Mm-hmm. Because, we again, it may happen. They may not put it in episode 2. They may put it in episode 10 or 12 or 20. So we don't want to spoil something ahead of time. If something does happen or a character has been introduced in such a way that we think it's poignant to bring in some comic book history, we might bring some of that in through Comic Book Corner. I think, Derek, you read the comic book end-to-end recently? Uh, Yeah, last month I finished finished the uh, final 60 of this year. Great to reread the comics. There are some changes that needed to happen. It's it's been around for, what, uh, written about 20 years ago, uh, the first issue. Um, So there are some changes that needed to happen, but it is still a great story and still some really good things uh, to to read in the book. And I'm so glad to see this on TV and expanded. You know, we we all know it. I'm really glad that you said that Chris as well about that we won't spoil future elements of the comic book but there are definitely things that we're going to talk about in this first episode that we do need to mention that are different to the comic books I'm sure we'll get into those as we go through uh, our discussion about the episode. So, yeah, welcome aboard. Uh, let's talk about the show itself, the people behind the scenes. Uh, showrunner for the show is Eliza Clark. Uh, she has written the first two episodes of the show. Uh, she worked in the sci-fi series Extent with Halle Berry and the Netflix remake of the TV series The Killing as well. Uh, the director of this episode is Louise Friedberg. Lots and lots of TV drama, including House of Cards and more recently The Right Stuff on National Geographic and Tell Me Your Secrets for Amazon Prime. Uh, lots of work from Louise Friedberg. And again working on the first two episodes of the show with uh, Eliza Clark, which is quite cool. John, do you want to tell us what they gave us with your synopsis of the first episode of Why the Last Man the day before? Sure. Representative Jennifer Brown has been towing the party line with US President Campbell, but she has had enough. When the president dismisses online abuse, Jennifer stresses how easy and privileged his life is, setting herself at loggerheads with him and his family. Her daughter, Hero Brown, an EMT with a DUI in New York, is dating yet another married man who is wrong for her. When the two get into an argument when he refuses to end his marriage, Hero accidentally kills him. Her younger brother, Yorick Brown, an escapologist with problems paying his rent, has decided to propose to his long-term girlfriend, Beth DeVille. Things don't go to plan as Beth aims to broaden her horizons with a teaching exchange to Australia. Beth leaves Yorick in his apartment with only his helper monkey, Ampersand, for company. Meanwhile, in Oklahoma, Agent 355 completes a mission and is sent to Washington to the President's side as a credible threat to his life has emerged. None of them realise the world is about to change for everyone. Without warning, every mammal with a Y chromosome on the planet gruesomely dies, leaving those with the X chromosome to pick up the pieces. That is, apart from Yorick Brown and his helper monkey, Ampersand. Excellent stuff, John. Thanks for that. Um, an interesting first episode because, you know, I suppose we were expecting the big event. It's, it's why the last man is the name of the show. You know, something massive is going to happen in the episode and... Um, an interesting structure to the episode, uh, I think, uh, setting up all of these connections and setting up what's going on in the world and then click your fingers and everything uh, falls apart, I suppose, uh, at the end of the episode. Overall, guys, what do you think uh, of how the setup of the show was? I'm, I really liked it, actually. Um, I have to say, I just thought this was a really tense, uh, slow build mm. um, from from the opening and, and seeing, I guess, that event um having taken place um but then just sort of intermingling 
um, with the characters, uh, seeing their day to day lives mm-hmm. and everyone's day to day lives. And, you know, it is that just really nice contrast, isn't it? Of, um, everything going, uh, normal, um, and day to day lives happening, um, your, your wasted life, your successful life, your whatever it may be. Um, and, you know, just having the little hints at, at something being a little, um, uh, crazy going mm-hmm. on in the background. And just all the different parts uh, playing together. I thought it it was really, um, really tense and a nice slow build. Excellent. Um, and and really liked it. You know, I think even just to get that full episode of their background, pretty much, uh-huh. I thought was was good. You know, because yeah. I think it really sets um, the the characters in the context of that life and seeing the change that happens. Excellent. Anything else to add before we get into our uh, general points about the episode, Chris? Yeah, I, I not much more to add that. Um, I think it, it's quite interesting that the typically I was I'm looking at this as a kind of singular event, but to be fair, they dropped the first three mm-hmm. both in the US and uh, to be dropped uh, on the same day in uh, across the rest of the world in the Europe. So uh, as a singular entity, this is an amazing. In my view, it's an amazing conspiracy-based type opening, which, as you said, is planting the seeds just just enough of to pique your interest in the yeah. background. Mm-hmm. It has a lot of heavy lifting of character work to absolutely. do at the beginning. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that's any new show. You basically need to go, here's your main players. Mm-hmm. Here's why you need to care about them. And while essentially building up to this catastrophic event with without kind of, well... Just dropping it in like the first second, kind yeah. of like, oh, there's a zombie. No, okay, yeah. this is not about zombies, but I meant <laughs> yeah. more a Walking Dead type comparison. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, let's talk about that as our first point um, for our discussion about the episode, for our chat about the episode, the event itself, I suppose. Um, we knew it was coming. I do like that they started the episode in the aftermath of it. Three weeks later, we have Ampersand and, and Y walking around New York and Y's trying to find supplies. And uh, I, I absolutely love that in that first moment, we have that kind of relationship between Y and Ampersand, where Ampersand brings him back a pen and he goes, what am I supposed to do with this? And then we have the magic trick from Yark to Ampersand, Ampersand putting his hand to his head as if he's really shocked about it. So you can see there's a little dynamic and a little fun little moment between these two characters who we're going to see side by side for the series, basically. So, uh, so I think that's cool just to introduce those two characters and then to expand the world, to go back before the big event itself. What yeah. I really loved about the structure of the episode is I had no idea when the event itself was going to happen, when, where all of the mammals with the Y chromosome, when were they all going to die? So what that meant was every time I saw a male, two male characters together on screen, I was going, it's going to happen now. Yark is, is teaching uh, escapology to the kids, uh, Freddie, um, and tells him to put on the the uh, straitjacket. And I was going, oh no, <laughs> Yark's going to be found in his apartment with dead Freddy in a straitjacket. And uh, <laughs> every scene had this little extra element of tension for me as you're thinking, oh, it's going to happen now. Oh no, it's now. You know, there's a scene with... Um, with Nora, where she takes up a gun standing beside the president, and I was gonna, I was going, uh oh, president's gonna die on the ground. Nora will have a gun in her hand, and she's gonna be blamed for murdering the president or something yeah, like yeah. that. It felt yeah. like it added so much tension to not know when the event was gonna happen. Yeah, and I, I do love that that, for me anyway, allowed me to pay even more attention to what was going on in every scene, because I was expecting in a moment here something massive is gonna happen. Yeah. And I mean, and you have the little breadcrumbs as well. 
through the the scenes and the, because it is actually happening it's just happening to the animals beforehand we have the dead deer mm-hmm. the the dead mouse uh, the rats uh, and so the, there's all these little hints uh, and then the the dog as well which i think was you know that was really sort of um tough to watch yeah it was tough to watch it was really well done you know i mean i guess whatever about rats dying i guess or a mouse in a hotel room um you know, it, it it was how they did that with the the dog sort of whining, um, you know, man's best friend, um, you know, that symbol of that, uh, and then the blood coming out and you kind of mm. of his mouth, and that's the first time you actually see a Y chromosomed mammal, um, actually dying from it Uh, all the others they're already dead in situ and someone spots them and this is where you see it and it's with man's best friend and it's you know it is really affecting i thought that was quite um you know quite tough to watch Uh, but it it, it, you know it's that it's the portent of of what's to come uh I, i think what was really nice about the opening as well just um the the pan back uh after the helicopter has crashed down and mm-hmm. and Yorick has saved um Ampazand um I love the 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 camera panning back up at this intersection uh, with the skyscrapers uh, and there is the intersection as a Y just Very to cool. connect in with the um with the title uh, of the of the show so that I thought that was a nice little touch that was very cool I know they did film some of the show in in the pandemic and I wonder if they got the opportunity to film that particular scene in the pandemic because what a great opportunity to do something uh, as cool as that during that yeah no um. I, I, I can't say much more outside of what you guys have discussed. For me, it was, it was that impending doom. Mm-hmm. Doom. Um, it, it was just from, it was when we had, we saw Kimberly, the, the, the president's daughter, mm-hmm. um, and her children and the three little boys and the husband. And I, then you see the mouse. And I'm like, Oh, the, Oh, they're going to kill the kids right at that, like in front of you. I was like, Oh, that's a, that's a, that's a bold move, Cotton. Uh, they didn't. And I was like, hmm, you missed a beat there. Uh-huh. But of course, the, the, the children will die anyway because they are male. And did you see the other little cue to that as well at their grandmother's party at the first lady's party? Both are, two of the older, uh, boys are lying, uh, flat out on, their their mother and grandmother while the speeches are going on you're going oh that's speaking to some event that's about to happen very yeah. very soon yeah um i just overall i i absolutely adored let's talk about the 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 actual event so we talked about exactly. the lead up the event itself the way that we see it is through the eyes of yark's mother uh representative brown um and the rest of the, the, the females in the situation room or some form of it within the Pentagon. Mm-hmm. Um, and then through a number of the other. So we see it from Hero. We see it from, uh, Nora. For me, Nora's event was not really an event because they're just, they're, <laughs> they're essentially, and I don't do not to diminish her loss, but essentially that they died in bed. It's mm-hmm. fine. Like it was not. When you <laughs> tell see that represent- to Nora, it's true. Sorry, <laughs> I, I'm not. I, I, I'm not shaming her event, but what we see in the Situation Room, that stuff will stay with everyone. Ah, yeah, definitely. And we're only ever going to see this once, so I was very happy with the way the actual 
we saw some of the early screeners of this and it was seeing the the I wasn't sure how they would the 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 virus or whatever it is that causes the death of the thin the y chromosomes I was absolutely delighted with how they did it mm-hmm. and I know that sounds very morbid and stuff but it was just it was you could have just had everyone cough 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 keel over but they they added the effect of the the hemorrhaging yeah. and the things like that which really gave this visceral gut wrenching uh, kind of event scene absolutely and, and as you say chris this is something that we're only going to see once so you might as well get it right on screen yeah definitely um, you know the, the unlike the walking dead the threat next week isn't going to be that the zombies are, are going to attack you and forevermore there are zombies around or anything like that it is very much the event has now happened how does the world deal with it yeah um yeah, I mean, it's that they've got to pick up the pieces after after the event, mm-hmm. and and I guess at some point that the realization that if nothing changes, that there is the gradual end of human life and, and male life, um, or and female life on on, on Earth mm-hmm. because that there's no way for reproduction. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's it's a great way to start the series, a great a great moment, and I love that. As I say, the the stress that's on. Uh, the episode allows you to kind of focus on some characters and get some backstory that you you didn't get in the comic books. In yeah. fact, the comic book was really concerned about setting up loads of possibilities for what could have caused the event. I think all of our major characters are doing something at the time of that opening issue of the comic book that they think is the reason that the event has happened. And it's only what Yarrick himself, who isn't really doing anything at all, and survives and goes how the hell did I survive that, basically? Yeah, that's, no, his exactly. whole, that's his whole arc. Everybody else is going, did I do it because I was doing such and such a thing? Yeah. Um, which isn't in here at all. There's no no character in here is doing something that could have caused this event from happening. No, exactly. That we know of, yes. Exactly. That, like, yeah. And that is the thing. I think they are going to string us along for quite a, a long period of time on this. Maybe. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think all there was always the you know underlying conspiracy um through through the comics uh, whether that was a perceived conspiracy or the, the the you know what eventually unfolds um within the comics yeah. but I, I think as well chris to you know to your point i actually thought nora's um event was really good because uh, you know the the war room was amazing uh, but I love the immediate contrast because actually it's happened and yeah. she doesn't know. And she's still trying to prepare her, the, the lunch for, for her kids. The daughter's playing around. Um, she's, you know, stressing because she's in a pretty, uh, high stress, high level job being mm-hmm. the, the aide and advisor, uh, to, um, the president. And so I actually really like the fact that that was her day yesterday, probably, and it was the same thing that she was doing that day after the event had happened because she she was more thinking that her son and her husband were messing around, yeah. trying to stress yeah. her out even more. Um, and I kind of like that then they didn't show yeah. the full effect of that. It was her reaction to it 
um, other than seeing blood on, on the pillow uh, from it coming out of the mouth. And just um, screaming at her daughter to get out yeah, of the room so she isn't affected so, by it as well. I think that's It's really important, the reactions of what's going on, to learn more about these characters too. Yeah, and I, I think similarly in, in the war room, you know, seeing the very capable um agent 355 with with her story and the lead up to that event you know that there's elements in of what she knows in being assigned to um that war room at that time exactly. as one of the president's um uh security agents mm-hmm. so i think um her armed wallpaper i think she describes yes herself. yeah exactly that's a great description um so yeah i mean the event was i thought really nicely captured Absolutely. um for sure here well, excellent we've started at the end anything else about the event we want to talk about before we go on to the big points from the episode that we enjoyed Nothing from my side. I kind of want to jump in. Excellent. How about yourself, Chris? What what was your uh, the thing you enjoyed about the episode outside of the event? Let's say. So for me, it was uh, the introduction to the very capable three fifty five agent three fifty five um, that we we see this. We're essentially shown this lady um, in um, uh, in what seems to be just you're not quite sure what's going on. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of kissing her boyfriend, and you're like, oh, okay, well, this is just another pre-event setup of something. And then, oh, no, she's making bumps? Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. So she's making the bumps for him because he said he could do it but couldn't. So anyway, okay, what's something strange? Oh, some bad guys? Okay, from out of town? Okay. And she goes, she goes, she just slips out. And you're like, okay, maybe she's going, she's just going for a run. Let's go for okay. a run. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Completely normal. And then we get the, the house blowing up and it's just so, it is the, the epitome of that kind of WTF scene. It's mm-hmm. like, what just happened? <laughs> That's not exactly what WTF stands for, but it's very close, Chris. Well done. Thank you. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I, I'm trying to keep it uh, PG here. Um, but essentially it's that. It, it's, you're seeing this, this badass then get into a car and just get zoomed off to her next mission. Yep. And being told, go clean yourself up. You're needed in Washington the next day. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're like, oh, okay. What is this like CIA? Yep. You're trying to figure out what is happening. Who is this character? Because we've just given this name of Sarah later on mm-hmm. as when she becomes the, the Secret Service agent. Exactly. And you're like, but is it 355? Is it like, yeah. I, who, what, where? Hmm. And I think this works equally well for new viewers and for people like ourselves who've read the comics. Like, you know, I instantly knew that's 355. She has that kind of look about her. Yeah. We knew the casting of, of the actress who's playing the role. Um, but the setting for it, I was looking at it going, oh, no, they've really changed 355. She's introduced in the comic books in a really, like, James Bond action scene, effectively, is how she's introduced. Whereas here, she's sitting at home uh, making bombs there. It seems like a really dull character to begin yep. with. You know, the, her, her she's with her boyfriend. And then I love the flip of it. Effectively, she is an undercover agent who's able to slip in and out of different situations. And it's so cool uh, seeing that version of 355, seeing exactly how she deals with this, and then walks on to her next mission, which happens to be going from a small house in Oklahoma building bombs for some um, for a, a, an extremist group to standing right beside the president Um as as I say, armed wallpaper. Uh, the the contrast of those two things is really interesting about the character, and I think makes you really intrigued about what's going to happen with her in the season. 
Yeah, I mean, and because there is, you know, and again, it's part of that conspiracy element that introduced that there is a credible threat uh, to uh, the POTUS, effectively. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I thought this was a great introduction. Uh, I loved Agent 355 in the comics, and this just, I, I just think she's picture perfect from the comics. Yeah. Um, and I, just the attitude, um, and the the look, I think it's just been so well sort of cast here, yeah. and again, as you say, just so well introduced um, to with, with the you know the switcheroo of okay, what's she doing to being just really a badass agent here mm-hmm. uh, to the extent that you know she would be um, posted with the president uh, in her next assignment. So uh, th- this was this was great for me. Um yeah. Yeah. really enjoyed it. Absolutely. Um also one thing you did mention that the credible threat towards the president we do hear I think I had to put on the subtitles to catch it exactly what was happening but the threats coming out of Israel uh, is that's what they say just before the president dies. So uh, keep that in mind for a later episode. <laughs> but interesting to see. Mm. There you go. There you go. Anything else about 355 Chris um in this first episode? No, show? I just I I I cannot argue with what you guys have said. I really want to, just for the fun of it. Don't argue with this, Chris. No, no. Uh, she is is a picture-perfect casting. Uh-huh. It really is. And I actually want to even go as far as the majority of the characters or and the actors throughout this have been just spot-on casting. Yeah. Um, and where where it is where it differs, it differs for seems to be the right reasons. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Looking forward know, to it. Yeah, I, th- I think I'll probably uh, I was going to deal with that in my in my wrap up for the episode. But one of the things that's really important about Why the Last Man in the Comic Book is an event happens, and then you're spending time with all of these characters for yeah. the entire sixty issues. So it's really important that you eventually get to like the characters. They start off grey or black and white, and you get to learn more about them over the series. And what Brian K. Vaughan and Pia Guerra did in the comic book was nail those characters that you wanted to spend time with and wanted to learn their stories. I'm really hopeful that the show's going to uh, continue that trend effectively or have really good characterization so you'll want to stick around with those characters so far i think they've done a pretty good job i agree john what is your top moment for this episode well i guess i i'm i'm taking the biggies it's yorick um and i guess you know it's the the picture perfect um you know i have to say uh ben schnetzer um I loved him in this role and, you know, I, I've, I've read the comics, but it is a while ago now and I haven't reread them in, in preparation for this. But one of my, you know, abiding memories is, is Yorick in, in this as the effectively the, the loser accident prone <laughs> magician. Um, I kind of just related to him, I think, because he was a bit of a nerd mm-hmm. and, you know, he was weedy. I'd say the only thing is, he's probably not as weedy, um, here as he is in the, in, in the comics. But I, I think, uh, Ben Schnetzer, uh, really captures, uh, Yorick here and no more so than, and uh, the disastrous proposal to his, um, well, his expectant fiance, uh, Beth. Um, I just, Love this. Um, I, I love the fact that he was schmoozing her with a grilled cheese, cheese sandwich. Three cheeses. Uh, three cheeses, uh, which she was devouring. I mean, she absolutely was loving it, you know, with, with a bottle of wine. Mm-hmm. It um, is comparative though, isn't it? If you're, if you're having a romantic date with somebody, 
if they compare the meal you've cooked to them to everything you've cooked before, that's that's what's important. Exactly. So perhaps Yarek had only ever used one type of cheese on uh, on bread, and this time he toasted it and had three slices of cheese. Yeah, and he had put in a tomato in there as well. Yeah. So he had really sort of really uh, pimped out that grilled cheese sandwich. But I, I loved the whole setting of it. I loved the idea that he was, you know, talking about ampersand oh, and yeah. that it was a service animal, you know, um, and it was just really, really nice. But then ultimately... Um, I, and I think it was with the build-up that we see with him in order to buy that cheese for the grilled cheese sandwich. Mm-hmm. You know, he's got to go to his sister, who's at an Alcoholics Anonymous um, meeting, uh, to look for money. Um, and, you know, she comes out with a great line for describing York, which is, you know, um, you can't buy cheese, but you want to marry your girlfriend. It's <laughs> kind of what is your... Um, what's your aim in life? What's uh-huh. the goal? You know, other than the magic show, which in the apartment gets chucked uh, to one side very rapidly because he's proposing to someone who he knows is about to head off on a teaching exchange to Australia. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she, you know, it's all arranged and booked. She's going the next day. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, it all kind of breaks down from there. It's not just bad timing. It's the fact that Yorick has no sense of himself in in the world. You know, mm. we we're talking about this. You know, what? How can you describe Yorick? Is that it, he? He? It, it's not. It's more than he's self aware, but he's not self aware of himself in whether it's a group, uh, the, the the local community, or the wider world. Yeah. Um, and you know. This is part of him. It's like, what's his priorities? It's, it is ultimately as well, partly down to the privilege that his, his parents pay his rent. Um, he, he yeah. can. Only when he needs it though. He can, like, <laughs> take a long time to figure out his magic show, mm-hmm. uh, because, um, you know, his priorities are completely different then because they're not as such financial, which I guess a lot of people do, but it's that sense, um, of himself. And how he behaves in the world. And that's something I absolutely loved from the comics. I thought it was really sort of, sort of a great idea that, you know, this character, the sole surviving um, mammal, I guess, or human with a Y chromosome, at least, um, is is just that. It's like, you know, it, it probably wouldn't want to be if he was asked, would you absolutely. like to be the last person on, on Earth? Um, and... I love that then, you know, this, this all kind of coalesces around his, his argument with Beth before she leaves. And, you know, cause she just asks the question, what are you doing? You know, why are you doing that? His sister has said the same thing. You know, what yep. are you doing? Yeah. Um, I love, I love when he says that to Hero. He's like, I'm going to propose to my girlfriend. He's like, why would you do it? Oh, you don't like Beth? No, I love Beth. Why are you trying <laughs> yeah. to get engaged to her? <laughs> exactly. Um, and, um, you know, it all just sort of descends um, as the proposal gets worse and ultimately, you know, off they go. But I just thought this was a really great setup for, for Yorick. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, you know, he he's even saying to her, you think I'm a mess and don't know what I'm doing. And, um, you know, he knows that, um, that people think about that. You know, he's, I guess, perceived as a loser. He's loved by his family he's loved by Beth but ultimately you know there's a lot of uh, judgment on him because of 
just how he chooses to to live his life and how he is able to yeah. but it's that lack of awareness of of situations and of others exactly. ultimately exactly. Uh, and it's not like he's living in know, a lot of luxury or anything like that but you know i do love that beth he's having that conversation with beth and he's basically going um, everybody tells me that I don't know what I want, but what I want is you. And it's like, that's not, you're not reading the social cues that tell you, you need to have something more of a plan in your life than I need you to complete me. Well, no, you need to also have something of yourself as well in some it, direction. Too. Exactly. I mean, yeah. it, it, it's, the, it's kind of, I guess, maybe a bit of stunted maturity to yeah. some extent, but it's like, yeah. you know, cause, Beth is saying, you know, you'll blame me for being bored and then blame yourself that I couldn't meet other people. And then, you know, his response is to meet other people, you know, oh, maybe you're going to meet the Hemsworth or something. And it's just really (laughs) good because it is, it's like, you know, that's not what she's saying, but he, it, it's just so nicely done. It uh, might be. It certainly is just. Well, it could be. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, you know, I, I loved this whole thing. Yeah. Um, just the, the different elements that played into it, uh, as well. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, great, uh, great little moment in, in this episode. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really good. Yeah. Um, I, I want to see how they, they evolved the character. Mm. Yeah. Um, because. There definitely is an evolution of the character within the comic books. So I'll be interested to see where this character ends up at the end of season one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, because that will, that along with some of the other characters will kind of dictate the, the, the affection people find for this this show absolutely and especially uh to see how quickly they're going to evolve the character because he doesn't evolve for probably about uh about 40 issues of the comic book so will they evolve him a little bit quicker on the tv show or not uh, it would be an interesting so. question to ask um one tiny note uh, about that is this is a significant change from the characters of Yarrick and Beth yes. uh, in the comic yeah. books uh, in the comics uh Yarrick proposes to beth over skype uh while she's in australia um so she hasn't gone to australia uh, yes. And um, so I think even the actual event happens while he's on the call to and he doesn't hear her answer, uh, to the proposal. So, uh, that'll be quite interesting, uh, to see how she plays out in the show. We already saw in that opening scene that he's running around tagging buildings with Beth. I'm still alive. So, um, so he is still looking for her, but, uh, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out in the show. Uh, the fact that she's still on, uh, on US soil. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Derek, what's your top moment? Really, for me, it was everything with Representative Brown. Um, didn't see a huge amount of that character in the comic books, but I knew she was going to be really important in the, uh, in the TV show, given her position. She is at the highest levels of government. She has uh, interaction yeah. with the president of the US. So, uh, of course, you're going to expand that storyline. And when you put someone like Diane Lane in the, in the role, you're absolutely going to expand the role to accommodate someone that's as good as she is. I just really love her really tough exterior that the, the, indications that they have to that where um she's challenging the president because of his his views on uh on, there is no such thing as hate speech online well that's because he's a privileged guy who never gets attacked online whereas walk a mile on my shoes kind of thing is, is, is yeah. the attitude but i love that she also has the other side of her where um her aide is beside her showing her the presentation that she's going to be giving and she realizes her nails are chipped and tells the aide to go across the road get that sorted out because I've been in this business for 20 years and I've attacked from all sides, I know even the littlest thing that yeah. I do wrong will be taken apart. And that's been her life for so long. And I really love yeah. that kind of setup of the character of, of Representative Brown. The things she's going to have to deal with after the event happens, after everybody dies, 
the things she's going to have to deal with are way more important than all the things she's dealing with here, the tit-for-tat of politics that's been going on. But it's all of these elements show how strong she is and all the things she's had to deal with. Um, I, I, I also love this idea as well, that she is in the line of succession to a president who she's just fought with the day before he died. And everybody else, everybody else in the lines of succession is gone, leaving the, the path open for her to become president and to lead uh, to lead everything that's going on in the in the country. So uh, I think that's really interesting. Um, she seems to be somebody that everybody looks up to in in yeah. uh, in the whole system. Everybody looks looks to her and trying to try and get guidance from her. So I think that's all we're all really interesting in here. But she does have her challenges. She does. She has been having arguments with uh, with quite a lot of people as well. So um, so I I just wanted to highlight, I suppose, her story from the from this episode. You also see the the loss on her face when we hear the the quick discussion with her husband. Yeah. So she goes from and she goes so quickly as well. She switches from this is great. Maybe we should consider getting back together. I was I'm not apologizing. But with, like this is something we can think about. To apparently they're going to get a divorce file right there in the, later that week. Exactly. To going in to confront the then president pretty quick. Um. So and you see it so. You see it happen so quickly. It's definitely interesting. Yeah, it was a nice switch of her outside on on, yes. on the terrace uh, to then seeing her back in. Uh, the room listening to, um, you know, the platitudes and the speeches uh, for the first lady uh, event and just, you know, that kind of isolated figure in that room. Mm-hmm. You know, she's just had uh, a bit of a Barney with, with her husband that they're separated. Yeah. Uh, and as well, there's a separation in that room because of what she has effectively called the the president uh, earlier in the day with uh, at, with the TV crew uh, no. uh, that he's a misogynist yeah. you know and she's in that room with his his wife and his daughter Kimberly mm-hmm. um who you know again we we it is an interesting character i mean we just see her here with the you know, kind of the self-help guru element with the um the the two books, cancel culture and boy mum, uh, and you know the 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 notion um that we're raising our our boys uh, not to be men uh, and to to keep them afraid, uh, and you can see that this is going to be an interesting um element here mm-hmm. um as. You know, she survives the the big event. So um, I, I thought that was, you know, a, a nice uh, part of this. And certainly when she's the, you know, you can feel the tension between these two, even at the party, mm-hmm. as, she, you know, just before she um, r- runs away with the absolutely fantastic line of, uh, you know, one of my boys is double fisting the desserts. <laughs> and so, it, yeah, it was just really good. That is not a handful. Also, just one other little moment as well with the, with the president, where he's saying to uh, to uh, Representative Brown or Jennifer Brown, um, "We've worked together for fifteen years, I think he says, and you've never once played the woman card with me." And you just see the reaction from uh, Jennifer Brown, knowing this is something that she's never going to want to do with this guy again. This is it. That is the end of their relationship. So, uh, I think that's a really interesting moment where she's just kind of going, "Yeah." I didn't do that, but you've gotten all the benefit of everything you've eaten out of my 
uh, supporters and everything you've eked out of using me to get to the position you're at, this is it. She is effectively going to be running for president uh, in two and a half years' time. Definitely. I, I thought it was also the nice little interaction, you know, the, the silent interaction to begin with when Nora is reading out what she said. Um, and it's quite aggressive uh, in terms of the way she's looking at uh, Jennifer Brown. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the unspoken, I guess, loyalty to the present and animosity to to Jennifer who had spoken those words yeah. and you really get that sense of, of tension between the two ladies Absolutely. and and but just then you know the the bite back from Jennifer just towards the end uh, after Nora has finished the speech and you know it, the, this whole discussion has, has um sort of spread out um I just thought it was really nicely done um for sure excellent excellent so gentlemen do you have any other notes that you want to kind of touch on uh, from this episode? One note that I did take was just the the full names of of the books that uh, that Kim uh, has is talking about. I just wanted to read the full name of one of the books. One of them, you're absolutely right, is called Boy, Boy Mom. The other one that's on the other side that she's not there to promote, but is also on sale at bookstores that these uh, particular ladies might be going to is in full called cancel culture and the death of conservative dignity <laughs> is really on the nose for this character to show you exactly who she is. I just thought that was really interesting. Uh, I know we haven't talked about hero Brown in this episode and she does form a major part of the episode, but I'm sure we're going to talk about her quite significantly in the next uh, episode, right? Yeah. I mean, I guess the, the big thing just to mention mm-hmm. is, you know, on any other day, she would be charged with manslaughter. Yep. Um, so there is a nice streak of luck with her uh, in this moment that her, you know, in, in fending off her, her love fling who is married um, with um, with a fire extinguisher mm-hmm. um, and killing him that any other day um, there would be a manslaughter charge. Uh, certainly, and luckily that the, the event just clicked in just before the... Um, the the police officer could cuff her as well, and um, because otherwise she could have found herself um, in cuffs. Yeah. I, I guess yeah, the um, officer is like knocking on the door. He's about to jump up and look in the window, and then she hears him fall to the ground. Yeah, yeah. it is literally she's about to get caught by the police. So, yeah. Then she would definitely have to find Yorick so that he yeah. could actually bust her out of them, um, <laughs> or at least use the key to unlock them uh, herself. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I will talk more about Hero throughout this season. Uh, I like that they're setting up that she is, she has an anger problem. She, she's in AA, court mandated AA, um, based on some of her person. problems. Yeah, that, that's um, a weird thing to do. I never understood, uh, sending someone to Alcoholics Anonymous meetings, um, which is surrounded by people who are trying to get help. Um, yeah. it's such a weird dynamic that's, that's, I think only around in the US. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, just um, like ETs well, that don't actually travel around in their ambulances that uh, that use them for um, extracurricular activity while on the clock. <laughs> yeah, exactly. While sitting just in that that station, you know, yeah. that's just they're waiting. Uh, yeah, we'll speak more about it. But I, I I like that they're setting up as the, the the very much unlike all the others, the flawed the flaws in these characters and in Hero, Hero like her brother. Is more flawed than others. They they set it up in that way, like that these are very problematic children or children with problems, compared to the overly successful mother, um, even their father, who um, 
is successful in his own right, just not um, as successful as the mother. But that that come out later. So yeah, there we have it. That is all the notes. I think. I think so. Yeah. Uh, overall, guys, any any final thoughts about the episode? What do you think of the the premiere? We kind of talked about it a little bit already, but what do you think of the premiere overall, John? Yeah, I I loved it. I, I um I really enjoyed the build up here. Um, although it was tense, and I, I liked the pacing of it. Um, it would I would give it four and a half double fisting desserts out of five. <laughs> um, to be honest, if, okay. If only those so desserts. So that's nine. So that's <laughs> nine out of ten. Yes, nine out okay. of ten. Ultimately, and um, however you want to spin it. Yes, mm-hmm. it's nine out of ten. Or it's 18 out of 20, you name it. Um, you oh, can... no, I just meant because it's two double fists. Well, that is true. double fists. Yes, so okay, yes. A single, four and a half single fists out of five. Or nine out of ten double fists. Uh, well, yes, right. exactly. I, I just, I, I loved, um, I, I really liked this introduction. I thought Yorick was um, really likable. And mm-hmm. um, I think it fitted really well. Uh and Agent uh, 355. Uh, I love... Yep, Diane Lane. Um, I've always enjoyed seeing Diane Lane. Um, and mm-hmm. she's just really good in this role as uh, Representative Brown, Jennifer Brown. And then just, yeah, it playing out all the lovely contrasts with the normal life and the event. It, it was a really uh, solid, um, good opening episode yeah yeah totally agree with you i think uh, my biggest compliment for this was it was really giving me the feelings of the leftovers uh, which is one of my favorite shows this idea of an event happening and what happens to the world after the event happens but this time we actually saw what happened to everybody whereas in the leftovers it's just a click your fingers and half the world disappears or 20 percent of the world disappears uh, so we got i got a little bit of gruesome in there as well because i'm also a horror fan <laughs> how about yourself chris any final thoughts not much strong open um more just because they, they kept you guessing of when the 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 event will happen mm-hmm. um and i think uh, as the story unfolds i i'm hoping more and more people will kind of be drawn into these characters mm-hmm. uh, because they've they put a lot of time set up on these characters um, so I'm hoping that the, 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 the overall stories kind of start to pay off. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Whole world to play with now. A brand new one. Uh, that. <laughs> Excellent. So let's pop over to, uh, get some feedback from our wonderful fellow survivors. Uh, over on our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash TV podcast industries. I put up some uh, spoiler posts for each of the episodes. If you want to leave any thoughts about the episodes, pop on over there and uh, we'll read them out on the podcast. Uh, first up, Deanna Brian Maskell says, oof, that was a lot. I hope, I hope I'm up for this journey as it offers so many interesting ideas and characters to explore. First episode really gave us reasons to invest in these core characters and I need to know more. Excellent, Deanna. Yeah, thanks, Diana. Um, I think you're right. The 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 exploration of of this situation after the event, mm-hmm. you know, has loads of different ways it, it can go. Uh, and you know, that's with with Pierre Guerra and Brian K. Vaughan, the creators of this. You know, it, it's just they could go in so many different directions, and it's just a, it's a great ride in that sense. So, uh, yeah. Really, uh, thanks for the feedback, uh, Deanna. Also on our Facebook group, uh, Ronaldo says, What an opening episode. The setup was solid. 
I like the actor who plays Yorick, has a likable nature. Mm. What was really sad for me were the deaths of the children and when the husband and the son of the aide to the president were found dead in bed. Mm -hmm. It was a very emotional moment. So much chaos, so bleak, but hoping as the series progresses, we get glimpses uh, of hope. Uh, Yeah, thanks, Ronaldo. Yeah, I I think um, that emotional moment with the president aide uh, finding a husband and a son dead in bed, I, I thought it was just really... Um, a, a, you know, very emotional, but also just that contrast with seeing the actual event happening in the yeah. war room with the, the, these, um, these grown politicians, uh, army generals uh, and men. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think certainly there will be glimpses of, absolute hilarity in this world uh, as much as glimpses of hope and um, because i think the interesting thing here with the show is that unlike a you know that there, there has been an a apocalyptic event but there is everyone else with the x chromosome st- has still survived um, and so you know that is just the great thing about this concept and um, to see how they pick up the pieces how do they you know the the challenges that will come on on the new administration so uh really uh, i think there will be hope there uh for sure i hope so i hope so one of the things i always stress about the comics is there is a lot of comedy in them so uh, yeah there, it, it, there are a lot of comedic situations so um i'm, I'm intrigued uh, if they can at least incorporate that into the show as well i hope so thanks Ralda. Yep, thanks, Ronaldo. Over on Facebook, still, we have feedback from Victor Van Doom. He said, I love the drama setup so far. I'm a big Diane Lane fan. I just ordered the first compendium novel, so I'll be playing catch up for a while. Don't go too fast. Make sure you like enjoy the TV and the comic book in the same go. Enjoy the run. That's what would be my advice. Yeah, I know a lot of people that watch long-term series like Walking Dead uh, picked up the comics after the first season of the show to get them through the break between the first season and second season. That's a that's a great way to do it too. Yeah, good <laughs> stuff, Victor. Thanks, Victor. Uh, finally, on Facebook, Wendy Oddapper says, "I watched the first episode and I am in. My husband is too. Diane Lane is always amazing, and I really liked a lot of the other characters in the show as well." Excellent, Wendy. Hopefully, you're going to join us for our podcast every uh, every episode that we're covering. Yeah, good stuff, Wendy. I think um, the characters here, I think, just great setup episode for them to blossom uh, in the rest of this series. Absolutely. Finally, for feedback on our first episode, we have a voicemail from Steve Brown, who gives us one of his first live Steve reactions to the episode. Hey, guys, it's Steve, and I'm about to watch uh, the first episode of Why the Last Man? No, it's not Why the Last Man. It's Why the Last Man. Uh I don't think I've ever done a live Steve for y'all, so uh, hopefully we'll keep it short. Oh, dead animals. I know some people, they're not going to like that. Hey, this will be the last man, and he's got a monkey. Oh, and he's leaving notes, uh, spray-painted for someone named Beth. I need to make a comment here, because I'm confused about something. Why is he wearing the gas mask part of the time like the point of a gas mask is you either need it all the time or you don't need it at all and those things are freaking uncomfortable i've been in one for like six hours during exercises diane lane is so beautiful i'm just saying hey sky took oklahoma i live in oklahoma and i love bad company dang she just blew those guys up oh no dude this is so the wrong moment even i who've never been married can tell this is not the right moment. 
Okay, I'm starting to figure out some of the connections between these characters, but I'm still a little confused because I've only watched it once or this time. <laughs> Seriously, they're having sex in the ambulance when they're on duty. This fight escalated quickly. Oh, man, she's got to find her kids and her husband, and all the men are just dropping dead. And there we have Yorick, the last man. All right, I'll try to tighten up the, the, the next one's uh, a little bit long. Sorry, uh, talk to you later. Do not apologize, Steve. That was amazing. That was so It, it was cool. like we yeah. were in the room yeah. with you. I feel so privileged uh, to hear the reactions as you went through. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Love it. Oh, my God, she killed those guys. Excellent. Excellent stuff. Uh, yeah, we did really mention the gas mask that, uh, that Yarrick's wearing walking around the city. It's it's actually, I think, the cover of the uh, the first comic book has Yarrick with the gas mask. So it's a really iconic um view of the character the reason he's wearing it is because he's the last man alive he has to get around some way way with pe without people knowing who he is so he does get a gas mask and uh, and covers himself up and when he feels like nobody's watching he takes off the gas mask because as you say it's massively uncomfortable to wear yeah it exactly so, yeah and, and i mean we do see gas masks being um used in the war room mm. as well initially yeah. um and i i but i think for yorick it's more about just covering up um his identity yeah uh, it's really. a great way that he won't be questioned about his identity wearing yeah. that because you'd expect a lot lots of people would wear gas masks walking around the city after this massive event I suppose, yeah well. exactly yeah. um but yeah lovely stuff steve uh thank you so much for the the live steve mm -hmm. uh they're really good to to get your thoughts and reactions there uh on uh episode one of why the last man Yes, thank you, Steve. And yes, they did have sex in the van while on duty. Mm -hmm. There you go. <laughs> Any EMTs who listen to us, do you? Is, is that, I'm assuming there's a health and safety risk here, just uh, in general. I'm Potential. sure there are, but there are beds in the back of it uh, for the most part. So, uh, hey, yeah. why not? If you are an EMT and want to send us your thoughts, you can email us to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com or you can... Uh, Email us if you're not an EMT as well, of course, at that address. Uh, you can join us on our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash TV Podcast Industries. Or, hey, follow us over on Twitter at TV Pod Industries. If you like what you hear and you are interested in some of our other shows, we are currently covering all season one of What If over on Disney+. Plus. Yes, every week we uh, basically record our thoughts on What If... A certain thing happened, and it's quite fun. It's enjoying. If you like any of the other Marvel shows, you can go back. As Derek said, there are 600-odd episodes of all the shows, of all the films, of everything in between. Mm. It is there. You will enjoy it. Yeah, 600 very odd episodes. And I suppose if you like a show where the premise is, what if every mammal with a Y chromosome dies, you'll probably like what if from Marvel as well. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. Talk to you again next time. Yep. Speak to you again soon. Yeah. Thanks so much, fellow survivors, for joining us uh, on in our discussions uh, of Why the Last Man, Episode 1. We'll be back with Episode 2 very, very soon. But until then, keep watching, keep listening, and keep surviving. Bye. Bye. Bye.